Friends, before we begin, let me invite you to keep up with all the Tracks for the Journey resources by subscribing to the Tracks Express newsletter. Once a week, I send a wide range of helps for well-being directly to your inbox. The Express has inspiration and insights for spirituality, relationships, ecology, emotional health, and yes, recipes for good food. The easiest way to subscribe is on my website, www.tracksforthejourney.com. Thanks for listening today. Did you think about trust the last time you boarded a plane? I know you were in a hurry to find a seat, stow your gear, check out the people who might sit next to you, and listen to the safety instructions. Well, maybe not listen too closely. But I'm guessing that trust didn't cross your mind. However, the moment you clicked your seatbelt, you were trusting lots of people with your life. The technicians who built that intricate machine, the mechanics who serviced the thousands of parts overnight, the air traffic controllers watching dozens of aircraft fly through the sky, the baggage handlers moving your suitcases, the flight attendants keeping you comfortable, and, of course, the pilot who will handle this huge piece of steel packed with jet fuel flying seven miles high at 500 miles per hour? Trust. You can't leave home without it. Welcome to Tracks for the Journey, the podcast seeking your well-being through progressive Christian spirituality, psychology, history, and science. We can't live without trusting the people around us. So let's explore what that means for your relationships, faith, and well-being. Psychologists tell us that we begin building trust, or not, from our very first breath. A baby records in the deepest part of the brain whether a parent responds with food, provides a comfortable environment, and emotional care. Every day she is measuring whether her world can be trusted or whether there is insecurity or danger. Relationships of trust can grow with the people around her until she is secure in her identity trusting of her people and able to manage the risk of her world. It's also possible that parents or others fail to provide this good environment. Children can experience others acting with neglect, anger, anxiety, irrationality, or even violence. These behaviors and words are like poison in the heart of trust. Tragically, those effects will linger for years to lower the quality of life. It's so important that we understand trust and see how it impacts our life and can make our life better. So what is this quality we call trust? In the realm of our relationships, a basic idea is relying on the other person to behave in a way that benefits us. Dr. John Gottman, the world-renowned psychologist, proposes this idea in his book, The Science of Trust. 
We trust a person who consistently acts in ways that safely help and promote our interests. For instance, we trust a friend who checks on us after a rough work day. We trust a spouse who discusses all financial transactions seeking mutual agreement. A trustworthy friend is one I know will be there for me, choosing to advance my well-being. That's what it means to trust. When my wife had surgery and was hospitalized for more than a week, friends and family showed up to help. One friend spent the night with her to give me a break. Dozens of people checked by phone or text on her progress every day. Others came to visit her in the hospital for the long recovery. Food showed up at our door for days. We trusted these people then and now because they were acting for our well-being. And it's okay to consider levels of trust as being different with different kinds of people, of course. I trust the plumber working at my house to fix the pipe, but I wouldn't give him my passwords. I trust the pilot flying my plane, but I might not trust her to babysit my grandson. I hope, on the other hand, that you have several friends, I hope many friends, that have proved themselves completely trustworthy of all of your life and hopes. You know they have your back. You know they will be there for you. Trust allows us to live a better quality of life. Our Stone Age ancestors a hundred thousand years ago, living in small tribal units, found trust to be the essential element that bound clans together in their brutal and dangerous world. Emotionally, it's not that much different in 2022. Gottman's research shows that when we can find environments of trust, it brings a sense of safety, lowers our anxiety, builds our productivity, enhances our resiliency, and boosts our physical health. Putting all this research and experience together, we can say, trust is the foundation for well-being. As we return to our exploration of trust, let's turn our attention to trust in the faith community. William Curtis Holtzen has great insights in his book, The God Who Trusts. Christians hold belief in God is necessary for life. But Holtzen offers an important truth by teaching us that we should distinguish between belief and trust. Belief is focused on concepts while trust is focused on persons. I may believe the physics of powered flight are true, for instance, yet never trust that many persons working to assure my flight are safe enough and trustworthy enough that I could buy a ticket. Trust in God as a living and relational being, more than a set of doctrines, is the cornerstone of faith. But do you find it hard to trust God? Many people do. The experiences of life have not convinced them that God behaves in ways that help them or promote their well-being. 
Perhaps a prayer for help with marriage problems was not answered, or an illness continued to ravage a loved one in spite of anointings. Natural disasters or horrific atrocities cause many to distrust that God is willing to help us, or even is able to do so. The Bible tells many stories of folks who struggled to trust God. Once Jesus asked a man about his faith, the man's son was desperately ill with a mental disorder. And the man answered, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. His words echo our struggles, don't they? We want to trust God, but we find it so hard in the storms of life to do just that. Holson writes, For faith to be healthy and growing, trust is a much-needed element. The contrary to faith is not doubt, but distrust. Not a failing to believe what is true about God, but a failing to trust in the love, will, and wisdom of God. Perhaps one issue is our misplaced expectations of God. Like a selfish child who throws a tantrum when he doesn't get his way, we become angry when God doesn't fulfill our needs or wishes. But the records of faith don't contain any decoration from God to guarantee our well-being. The Bible has general and hope-filled decorations, like the oft-quoted verse from Jeremiah, which reads, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. But if we look at those words in context, they're not to one person, they're to the entire exiled nation of Judah, tens of thousands of people. They are also conditional on the response of the people who choose to collaborate with God's work in Babylon in order to possess that promised future. While we may rightly ask God for a future with hope, we cannot treat God as a servant to unilaterally produce our good fortune. To trust God, we must be careful with the expectations we hold. As I think about trust and God, I find it helpful to hold a doctrine of God built on God's uncontrolling love. As theologian Thomas Ord points out, Jesus is our window to the true nature of God, as love which is non-coercive yet life-giving. Jesus collaborated with nature and human beings in a mutuality that called forth life, not by forcing his will on them. And in the same way now, the ever-present God collaborates with all entities of the universe without altering the normal material processes. I know this instinctively, and you do too, in the matter of our health. I can trust God has been and is now at work for my health. God seeks my collaboration in doing so, and I must apply the remedies that I know are real. I cannot expect the spirit to zap my athlete's foot fungus overnight in a miraculous healing. Instead, I work with God and God works with me to create this future. This theology called open theism defines my expectation of God to be in line with the way Jesus revealed and the workings of the universe. As we think about trust and God and our faith, 
perhaps a paraphrase of a central teaching of Scripture might help us. The righteous will live by trust is a teaching from the Old Testament and the New. And I think it defines what we can live by and have a strong and growing faith. Friends, let me break away from our episode to talk with you about an exciting possibility. Today could be a great day for you to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for some new marketing channel or have a message to share with the world or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your horizons. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. I couldn't do this show without Buzzsprout. Your show can be online and listed in all of the major directories within a few minutes of you finishing your recording. Podcasting really isn't that hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. There are over 100,000 podcasters, including me, using Buzzsprout to get the message out to the world. If you will go to the transcript of this episode and look at that transcript, you will find a link to buzzsprout.com. You can sign up there, and after your second paid invoice, you'll get a $20 gift card from Amazon. So there's something in it for you to start an adventure with your own podcast and buzzsprout.com. I appreciate you joining me for this segment of trust and what it can mean for us. We can find trust growing in just about any relationship. One of the foundations for that is paying attention to what psychologists call attunement. Gottman describes this as understanding the emotions of the other person. We do this by awareness of what she is feeling, turning toward the emotions without judgment or dismissal, seeking to understand what the other is experiencing, and offering our empathy. Think for a moment about Leo. Leo comes in from the garage to find Melinda crying at the kitchen table. He gently says, What's going on, babe? This question seeks understanding and will build trust so that Melinda begins to share the hurt from her negative annual evaluation at work that day. But if Leo spouts, What is wrong with you now? Obviously, those words are disrespective and derisive. Melinda will seal up her heart, knowing she cannot trust him with her authentic needs. What does Leo need? Leo needs to attune with Melinda. Attunement builds trust in healthy relationships. He can start by not being afraid of the tears and dismissing them because he doesn't want any drama to interfere with these activities. Then he should seek to figure out what's happening with her. Asking with true interest and non-judgment will honor her as a person and open the conversation for further explanation. 
Finally, he should offer compassion. Leo should show himself trustworthy by sitting down, taking her hand, and connecting his own experiences of criticism to connect with hers. Leo, you can do this. back to our spiritual experience, we can say that trust is also a two-way street in our spiritual journey. We must trust God, and God must trust humans like us to do God's work. God has taken a risk in giving each believer the choice of how we behave. God has taken a risk in giving communities of faith the choice of how they will model God to the world. As Holtzen explains in his book, God became dependent on others by means of willfully choosing to trust. By entering into relationships of mutual trust with autonomous human beings, God not only risked rejection, but also risked many of God's plans being thwarted. Trust, then, is a risk even for the divine. To continue this thought, Jesus did not use mystical powers to control what Judas or Peter did during Holy Week, and in fact, neither proved trustworthy for Jesus. We learn that God doesn't override the decisions we make about faith and behavior. God grants us the freedom to choose our course, and God's trust is extended to us awaiting our agreement to live with greater well-being and greater obedience for what he wants. It is invigorating to our faith journey to know that God needs us and he takes the risk to trust us. Trust. It is necessary for really thriving. We can feel safe with persons who act to enhance our well-being. Children flourish Couples remain stable through the ups and downs of life, and workplaces become even more productive. Our faith grows stronger as we find we can trust God and be trustworthy for the work of the divine. We can even enjoy the next flight to a beautiful summer vacation destination. I hope you will move forward to enrich your journey by living a life that's trustworthy for others and by growing in the trust you give to them. Friends, I really appreciate you taking time to listen to this episode of Tracks for the Journey. You can connect with more helps for your well-being on my website, tracksforthejourney.com that's all one word tracksforthejourney.com you can read the blog order books or connect to this podcast and the many episodes that we've shared a link to the full transcript of today's episode is on my website and I invite you to follow the Facebook page Tracks for the Journey you can email me also using the address trackspodcast at mail.com Tracks for the Journey is produced at the Bright Star Studio, all rights reserved. Hosting is by buzzsprout.com and music is from pixabay.com. <laughs>